Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. What's going on, guys? I'm going to give everyone a quick quick couple seconds to drop in. As you guys know, I am 10-year MLS pro Quincy Marquois, and welcome to Ask a Soccer Pro Show, episode six. We're on episode six, that's right. You know, every Thursday on the Perfect Soccer account, I go live to answer your questions, and it's your opportunity to get your questions answered by an actual professional soccer player with over a decade of experience of pro soccer. Wow, think about that. 10 years so far. Going into year 11. That's right. Yeah. Starts to add up after a while. But welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the at perfect underscore soccer account. Again, my name is Quincy Marquois, and... We go live on this account so you can ask any and all of your soccer and non-soccer mindset, future, goal setting, all that kind of stuff, questions, and it is your opportunity to get your questions answered. So if you're just joining in live, thank you, welcome, uh, Gar- Garci, welcome, uh, Jizz Levers, what's up, K9 Hampton, welcome back to another episode, I appreciate it. Guys, go ahead and start dropping some of the questions that you've got, it could be anything, um, Anything and everything, as you know, here at Perfect Soccer, we tell you our truth that we've learned through personal experience, and we only teach you the things that we learned the hard way, doing it ourselves. So, go ahead, guys. Let me know where you're where you're joining in from. Uh, drop below where you're at, where you're located, uh, how old you are, like what. I know everyone's like all over the place. We've got like people all the way from eight years old all the way to like 40 plus parents and coaches and everything in between. So uh, let me know where you're calling in from, where you're joining from, and go ahead and start dropping any questions that you got. Uh, Pitt, Pitt, what's up? Um, Steven, what's going on? Yeah, and you you guys, you know how I am. So uh, the sooner you get your question in, the more likely it's going to be that you get your question answered. Because as everyone starts to ask their questions, you know me, I start to fall behind on them. Uh, I think in the future, we're definitely going to try to get some more moderator or a moderator in here to do this. But yeah, the sooner you ask questions, the more likely you are to get them answered. So yeah, and also drop below where you're calling in from, where you're at and located. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to everybody else who's joining. Sorry if I don't see you as we're coming in because I'm already scrolling back up. So let's see what we got here. Um, how do I, uh, Steven underscore 450 asks, how do I get a perfect soccer kit for my little bro? Hmm. That's a good question. As you guys know, we've been building and adding, oh yeah, so this is dope. Look, we already have, we're getting perfect soccer warm-ups and everything made. You guys know I'm getting crazy with it. We got the updated ball. We got the book too. If you're just joining in or you haven't got it any, I'm super juiced about this. So as you guys can see, I've already been like 
adding my notes and updating to our original version of our book. And if, if you guys have just joined in or you've joined before, you should know that you can head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash book, um, Master Nine Keys of Soccer Success. Uh, Ross and I built this book and wrote this book uh, basically over all the years of experience that we have. And the best part is we get you the book for free. So if you haven't got that, and if you're just joining in now or you can only hang out for a little bit in the lives, always make sure you hit over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash book. Get your free digital download of the book. I just updated it Christmas Eve. So it's hot off the press. I've added a bunch more gems, especially with the questions you guys are asking me. Um, you guys ask me good questions, deep questions. I want to make sure I'm getting you all over all the information you need. So make sure you go and grab a copy of that because we keep that updated and you get the digital version for free. If you want the physical, you can, I think you just got, you just have to cover shipping and handling. Um, that's, uh, us and international. We do international as well too now. Um, so yeah, you do that, you can get the physical copy, but I really think just grabbing the digital version is just as, just as good because you can get the updated version right away. Either way, you get both. So, um, there's that. So, as for the kit for your little bro, uh, I know I'm working with my designer right now to get like a, a super legit custom kit. We did custom kits for my local high school. So if you guys haven't checked that out, go look at this, our, our story or the Evolve account. I know we put some of that stuff up there so you can see those kits. If you're interested in getting one, send, uh, send me an email at contact at perfectsoccerskills.com and uh, I'll get that sorted out. I actually haven't been doing that. No one's actually asked, but... So if you're, you're wanting to do that, I can get that figured out and sorted out for you. So good question. Thank you very much. Um, what's the best way to trans, uh, Noah, Noah asks, what's the best way to transition from high school to college soccer? Okay. And oh, also when you guys are asking me questions, try to be as detailed as possible so I can give a specific answer to you. When I don't have a lot of specifics, I go kind of general and broad so that I can cover most people who are watching the call and also the people who watch the replay who happen to catch the replay maybe the following week over on YouTube. But in general, so let's say, what's the best way to transition from high school to soccer? Okay. The transition from high school, or I'm sorry, the transition from high school to college soccer I'm going to speak from the perspective of things that players aren't really prepared for. They're not aware of until they get there. And then they usually get caught off guard. And the ones who get caught off guard and can't adapt are the ones who usually don't figure out how to evolve and keep evolving and moving up the ranks. And one of those is assuming that just because you're the best player or you could be a better player, or you're one of the better players on your team in your local area does not mean you are even average at the next level. You may be the worst on the team. You may not even be able to be, be on the team. And sometimes that's a, that's a rude awakening for most players when they show up into a new environment. And most players do not look at that as an opportunity to learn and grow. They look at it as a reason to hide and um, shy away from the challenge or to, to get better, right? Um, you don't want to always put yourself in an environment where you're fostering yourself as being the best or the only or or any of that. You always want to be testing and challenging yourself. And if you are the best at where you are and you don't have the the higher level of play for for I know a lot of uh, a lot of you guys are saying, "Hey, listen, I uh, I don't have a local team. There's no club team, there's no this, there's no that." I understand that. That can be very difficult. But you're trying to find the highest level that you can play at possible. And if you are at the highest level you possibly can play at, then your next step or your next focus should be Beating who you were yesterday. If you focus on that, you will progressively get better over time. And I know last week we talked a lot about um, we talked about time and um, exponential growth. 
linear versus exponential. And I will definitely talk about that in more detail and more uh, more frequently as we go about this. Because really, at the end of the day, I'm talking to you guys about soccer. We're using soccer as, as kind of what we connect on and what we talk about. But the things that I'm talking about with soccer are fully applicable to life outside of soccer as well, too. And it's kind of how you're succeeding in one is how you'll succeed or fail in another, right? And those are the ideologies and the concepts I really want to pass on to you or hopefully uh, give some, shed some lighter perspective on so you can, you can leverage those to how you're going to navigate whatever temporary obstacles are currently in front of your face. So um, that would be the first, the kind of the first level, uh, the assumption that just because you're good where you were means that you're, you're good or you're good enough at where you're at and being mentally prepared for that or overly prepared for that possibility and uh, narrowing your focus less on everyone else and more on yourself. Just because you're not good enough now doesn't mean you can't or won't be good enough later. That is directly tied to your ability to recognize where you are. So remember, I talk a lot about the three, the first three steps, the three S's of self-awareness. First step is self-honesty. Second step is self-initiative. Third step is self-accountability, right? So I am maybe the best player at my current level, but I do not know if that means I am good enough at the next level. So let's say high school. Um, I may be one of the best at my high school level. If the answer to that question is I'm not one of the best at my high school level, then what do I need to get better at or what can I improve on to be better at this current level? And is where I'm at enough or adequate for me at the next level. So self-honesty. Then the next one is self-initiative. What do I need to do or put in place to take action on getting better? And what is my plan for getting better over time to accomplish and achieve my goals? And the third is self-accountability or discipline. What do I need to put in place to make sure that I stay on track to achieve my long-term goals? Not allowing short-term noise, haters, and people who do not believe in me to to uh, deter me from what I know I must do to get to where I want to go. So that would that is jam-packed with giving you the tools and everything you need based on where you are and hopefully will very much help the rest of you who are on the line too with any questions that you've got there. And before I keep going on, what I'm going to do too is I'm going to let me let everyone know. Hold on one second. There we go. I know some other people are wanting to join in live. Like I said, guys, I've been setting this up on the um, Perfect Soccer account now. So I'll go live on the on my personal as well, too, so some of them can jump on in as well, too. On my personal account, head over to the per- at Perfect Soccer account. I'm going live over here answering those questions. But that was a, that was a good question. So let's see. What's best? Um... Okay, Garcia, Garcia underscore 71 asks, how do I build courage for playing well on the field? Building courage really comes down to personal insecurity, right? If you are insecure about where you are or where you stand, it either means you are unprepared for where you are or you're doubting the preparation that you did to be where you, where you are. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, it's either you didn't do enough to prepare where you're at right now or you have, but you, you're, you're doubting your own personal ability and belief in yourself, right? And that's where you have to assess first. Where, where, do you, where do you lie? If you haven't done enough, well, 
the most and the only thing that you are able to do in this current moment at any particular moment. So this doesn't matter where you are in any step of any process. Wherever you are in this moment, the most and only thing you can control is what you can control. And what you can control is your effort and um, how dedicated you are to, to moving forward, right? So that's the only thing that you can control in this moment. Once you have a chance to move forward and self-reflect on where you were and where you were at, now you can start to put together a plan using the three S's like I've talked about to, to, to make that not be a feeling you feel again in the future. So if you showed up in, let's say, at your local tryout and you didn't feel confident in your first touch because you realize it's not good enough, the players around you are better, uh, they're, they're, they're navigating better, they do they're just overall better. Well, there's nothing you can do in that moment to improve your first touch. So you have to kind of, uh, you need to accept that lump on your chin from there. But when you walk away, you have to now sit down and say, okay, let's be honest with myself. Was my first touch good? At perfect underscore soccer account. Yo, what's going on guys? Sorry, it's kind of dropping off. If you got any questions, if you're on my live and you got any questions, head over to the at perfect soccer account. If you, if you have questions, that's where I'll, I'll answer any questions that you guys got over there. Um, if you're on my account right here, which some of you guys are, what up everyone over on my account, head over to at perfect underscore soccer. If you have any questions, um, cause I'm not going to be checking. I'm not gonna be checking over on mine on my side. I'm just answering questions over here on the perfect soccer account. So, um, yeah, Based on where you are, that's where you need to assess and how you can and how you can navigate and move forward. So, uh, I hope that answers answers your question. Pitt asked, "What was your favorite tournament you participated in, professionally or or youth? Professionally or youth? That, that's what I would I'd need to know. If let's say if we're talking about professionally, I like we play in Champions League, which is pretty fun. You get to play a bunch of different teams, um, which has been pretty pretty dope. I think we played." I played Liverpool, or no, that wasn't Champions League. That was when I was with Toronto. We played Liverpool. That was fun. I've played when I was with Toronto as well too. We played Club America. Who else? We played Man United. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say tournaments. It's just when you get to play games. So we played Man United a couple times. We played. I played QPR. Played Tottenham. Played West Ham. Who else? Club America. Santos. Oh, there's been a lot when you think about it. Uh, Steven said he's from Chicago. Shout out Chicago. I played for the Chicago Fire for a couple of years, and that was fun too. Uh, Edgar asked, do you recommend going to a foreign country to go play at the trials, or should a person just try in the U.S.? Recommend going to a foreign... I think, I think going, if you have the opportunity to go on trial in a foreign country, I think you should take the opportunity. There... I'm a firm believer in any and all opportunities should be taken advantage of, right? Like if you have the opportunity to go play or to go do something or to try something new, then you should take it because that may be the stepping stone that you use at your next, at the next place that you want to go to, right? So for instance, I went on trial in Thailand back in, I forgot the name of the team, but it was back, back in between my first contract. So my first MLS contract was four years. I finished my first four years and then I had to ask myself some tough questions. I said, okay, Quincy, are you as good at this as you believe you are? Because in my first contract, I didn't really get any opportunity. I didn't get any opportunities to start and play any considerable minutes, right? I felt I was training hard. I was doing the right things. I was, I was working on my craft. I was getting better every single day. But uh, the opportunity to actually get uh, starting minutes never presented itself to me. So I had to ask myself, okay, 
Am I lying to myself? Am I not as good as I believe myself to be? And the only way that you can really test yourself is to go to another league, to another country and, and immerse yourself there and just kind of see where you land. And uh, uh, there was a team out in Thailand that had asked me to come in on trial, to come and train. I went there and I played and I got a very good assessment of where I stood and where I landed. And that gave me the confidence to say, no, I am doing the right things. I am, I am at a level that I know is deserving of having an opportunity in, um, ability to play at this level. I just need to continue to be patient and work harder and longer until that opportunity is going to arise. So I re-signed or I signed a new contract in MLS for my second contract with Chicago Fire and that first year, and it's funny, after having that experience and re-signing was the year I played the least number of minutes in my entire, my entire MLS career, minus the year where I blew out my knee and had an injury. So after going on that trip and fully understanding where I stand and the ability and what I'd put in and re-signing with the league, I got the least amount of minutes following that year. And I was in the most, one of the more difficult situations of my entire career. Um, so it just because you may believe you, you're in the right spot or you know you are, the thing with soccer is other people are in control of your playtime, your minutes, what you do, how you navigate, and what's going on. So if you're not ready, that's why I very much talk to the mental side of the game. If you aren't mentally capable of handling those ups and downs and still doing what you need to do on a consistent basis to be ready to go when your opportunity shows up, if you're not prepared for that, if you're not, if you're not actively uh, mindful of those potentialities, then you have no chance of making it. And anyone who tells you otherwise is is lying to your face or they haven't done it, which is why they don't know that they're lying to your face. And that's one thing. That's another type of person that is very difficult to see. The person who believes what they're saying, but they don't know, they don't know that what they're telling you is BS. So I, when I completely figure out how to get that one tied in, I'll let you guys know. It's something that you can only see. And I think that only comes through experience, experiencing a lot of people who BS you. And I think in the professional, in the professional game, those who get, those who can learn how to decipher what is BS and what is truth are the ones who will, who will ultimately find success eventually. I'd say on the long term, uh, those who can understand BS in the short term find success. But if, if they play the game of BSing other people, it works in the short term. So uh, that's, that's good because it's making it go deeper. So liars and cheats do win. And I think people who have the uh, have the ideology that 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 that's not fair and that and that shouldn't be true. That's why you lose. If you if you're positive and you're open minded and you understand that liars and cheaters win in the short term, but lose in the long term and you'll stay focused on doing what you know is right, what's true and what's honest over time, you'll beat the liars and the cheaters. But if you succumb to them or you allow them to stop you from doing what you know you need to do, they win. Okay, liars and cheaters is a short term game and it can be very attractive because look in the short term, you can get what you want. You don't have to you have say you don't have to be honest. You can I understand from the perspective of saying, look, I can make good money and get playtime by lying about the people around me and chopping them down and doing all that. Or I could be honest, work hard, uh, not get the credit I deserve, uh, not get the praise or the opportunity that. I know I should for my hard work. If it's between the two, it's easier to tick, pick the shorter. But what I'm telling you is picking the short term, 
can will lose for you in the long term because there are some people who are doing the honest work. They're working hard. They're doing what they should be doing and they're learning from their mistakes and they will beat you in the long term. So don't play the short term game. Play the long term game. Um, yeah, guys, what up? What up, guys, on my my personal channel? If you got any questions or anything, head over to the at perfect soccer channel. I'm answering questions and stuff over there. Um, let me see. But hopefully that kind of brings that together for you on on that. Oh, and I guess the other the other point that I was saying about going to Thailand and coming back was letting you know that I went, I think I played like 299 minutes that year, the least minutes I'd ever played, but the most goals per minute played. So I literally was one of the top in the league in most goals per minute played, but had the least number of minutes played. So wrap your head around that and like how that works out when you're performing and doing well. That was some of the best soccer I'd been playing and I just never got an opportunity to play. But had I let that prevent me from working hard and training hard and being ready, the next year when that coaching staff was fired and moved on, the new staff that came in, they valued hard work and uh, they valued you know playing for the team and gave me uh, my opportunity to get minutes. And I started uh, that entire year and was the leading goal scorer on the team. And that's kind of the year where my career took off with the Quincy Time episodes and... Um, you know, and from there. So, you know, darkest before the light, right? So, uh, Julian's fun. How do you feel about Alameda being the next coach for SJ? Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't know too much about him, uh, specifically, as you guys know, I've never really watched much soccer ever other than just professionally in ML, other than MLS once I went professional. So um, I don't know too much about his career and where he's at. The one thing I do understand and know is that most uh, foreign coaches who come into the league, there's a huge learning curve. There's a huge and steep learning curve to our league. Um, our league is much different than other leagues in the world. And most think it's because we're stupid and we don't know how to play the game and we're not as good as the rest of the world. We're not as cultured. Um, that might be true to a certain degree or level, but a lot of the things that we do in America and the way we do them here in America are by uh, by circumstance, right? A lot of them do not understand um, traveling six hours on a on a uh, on a commercial flight to play a game on a separate time zone two days before your game. Like they've never experienced that. No other league in the world has that. So. The idea of like, oh yeah, you just show up and it's going to be fine and no worries and okay, okay. I mean, if someone believes that, there's nothing you can do that will convince them otherwise until they go and experience it themselves. Then they'll really understand. It'll be like, okay, hey, you're in San Jose. Great. You've got your game this Saturday against the New York Red Bulls in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the summer, right? At a, at, for a one o'clock game. And your guys are flying on six hours and, oh, there was a layover and it didn't work and you guys got in late. And now uh, you, your guys are on the road and now you show up there and you get a little bit of uh, a little bit of training the day before. And now you're playing in the game at one o'clock in the afternoon when you're used to decent weather where you are. And then, you, then you're flying back across coast. You're playing your home game. And then the following week, you're out in Houston at seven o'clock at night and the humidity is through the roof. Like... If you haven't experienced it, you don't understand what you're, you don't understand it. 
And because you don't understand it, you grossly underestimate and you grossly undervalue how difficult it is. And that's why, uh, for me, I think as the league especially progresses, if they are smart and they, they recognize what's happening, but we'll see, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, it's better to be proactive than reactive. And I think most people are reactive, which means you're, you're, you're coming in after the fact, after something's gone wrong. Now you're trying to fix it as opposed to um, proactively seeing potential outcomes or obstacles as a result of the actions you take today and what you could put in place to at least, not necessarily, to avoid as many mistakes as possible, but or at least have a plan ready to go if and when something goes wrong because everything, you know, something always eventually goes wrong. Um, but to some, your question, like, what do I think? I think he's going to have to learn a lot and very quickly and, it's going to be very difficult for him to, even if he knows how changes he wants to make, because of the number, the vast number of rules that MLS has in terms of like cap space, GAM, TAM, movement of players, uh, contracts that are already in place. It's going to be very difficult for him to write the ship in a short enough period of time that doesn't make a lot of people angry. So if he has three to five years to fix it, I think, okay, uh, I think him or pretty much any other coach. And it's to me, from what I've heard generally, he's got a lot of experience. So let's say two years, maybe. But if he's not getting that, it's, it's, it's almost no chance. Because you also have to think about, it's not that he's starting on day one with the players that he wants and the team that he wants. On day one, he's coming into what has been uh, a difficult situation or, or a group of individuals that might not be who he wants in the long term. So he has to figure out how to move those people on as well, too. But some of those guys are committed to two, three, four-year-long contracts. How do you move a guy on who's guaranteed for three more years that, that isn't your main guy but could tie up a majority of the money that you have on the cap space? How are you going to bring in the guy that you want? There's, there's so many moving parts. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yo, what up, guys? I am uh, doing episode, what did I say? It was episode six of the Ask a Soccer Pro show. Welcome to the live. If you've got any questions over on my personal account, head over to the at Perfect Soccer account um, to drop your questions in there because I'm answering I'm answering all those questions over there. Uh, let's see. What was the quote? Okay, K9 Hampton asks, how was your personal transition from high school and club ball to college ball, then transition from college to pro, personal, and on the pitch? Okay, that's a deep one, but I'll try to do that one quickly. So, okay, there we go, and we're back. Yo, what up, Jason? <laughs> um, yeah, all right, so transition from... High school. So my personal transition from high school to college, um, and I go into it in detail um, in the articles over on PerfectSoccerSkills.com. I think PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash blog. Guys, you can always go through all of our um, articles and stuff. I've written a lot on this. But generally, from high school to college, I was just doing – I was just playing soccer as hard as I could every single day and just playing the game because I loved it. And the idea that I had at the time was just if you're good enough, a coach sees you and they give you – they, they give you like a, a scholarship or whatever. I just thought that's how the process worked. I didn't know any, any other or any different at the time. And over the course of my entire high school career, I was, 
I think I was scoring like 26 goals and like 14 assists in my junior and senior year of high school. And I wasn't getting any interest. No one had sent me a message, a letter or nothing or other. So I just thought, I guess I'm just not good enough at soccer to play at the college level, which I was fine with because I was applying to schools for just academic. And I was actually pretty decent at pole vault. So my plan, so I got into, so my plan was to get into a school I got into academically and then try to walk on to the uh, track and the track and field team. So I was a pole vaulter in high school at Liberty High School. I don't know if I still have the record there, but um, I was pretty decent at pole vault. So the plan, because no one was giving me any offers for soccer, was just to, I got into UC Berkeley academically. I was going to go there and I was going to try to walk on the track and field team and go from there. Go to medical school and try to walk on the track and field team. It wasn't until the last game of my last tournament of my club, uh, of my club, yeah, of my club experience, right? So um, we happened to make it far enough in the tournament uh, to where we played a Premier League team. So I, I, I used to play, I played, um, what did I play? I played for the Bakersfield Alliance and we were, where were we? We were in Silver Elite. I think that's where we were. That was the name of the thing that we were in at the time. So the Silver Elite. And uh, we made it far enough in the tournament to play a Premier League team later that evening and at, at night. And uh, I happened to do very, very well that game. And what I didn't know until after the game was two coaches came there to watch that game because they were recruiting the next year out and they were watching the opposing team to try to find players for their programs. And one of those teams was UC Davis uh, with Dwayne Schaefer. And he w was walking up and down and asked some of the parents about, about me and who I was. And 16, yep, at this time, yeah, at this time I'm 16, but I was a senior. So I was a young senior for my age, and he was, they, they were very confused because they, they weren't sure, like, okay, well, where is he going to school? So I was the, I was the only senior on my club team because everyone else was juniors who was 16. Uh, and they said, he's not going anywhere. He's not, he's not playing anywhere. He's planning on just going to school, and that's that. And from there, in that game, I, I got brought into a recruitment trip at UC Davis and one other college, and I, and I you know, got si seen, signed, and offered a scholarship all in one game. And and you'll read from the article, and we talk about it a lot with Ross, and my my story for college recruitment is completely different than Ross's. Ross was uh, preparing and focused on trying to go um, to college since he was like 12 years old. By the time he was a senior, he had like over 25 college recruitment offers, which is a big reason we wrote uh, our other book, The Ultimate College Soccer Recruiting Blueprint. If you haven't gotten that book, you, you get that book as well too once you get a copy of this one, the digital copy. Like I said, at perfectsoccerskills.com slash book if you're just joining live and you didn't hear me speak about that earlier. But um, to that point, the way I did it is not the way you do it. That is not the way luck and hope and crossing your fingers is stupid. That way is stupid. And if that's what you're doing, you're being stupid. And uh, you're, you're literally hoping to win the lottery. And the, the chances of that is practically zero. So when, with that part of my process, I was very, very lucky. And that's where I say I wasn't lucky in the amount. The reason why I had the opportunity and it, it worked out for me was because every single day I worked as hard as I could on the soccer field and played as hard as I could. And because of that, I ended up being good enough to be able to play at college. But the fact that I could have fallen through the cracks just like hundreds of other players do because I wasn't actively prepared, moving forward, um, reaching out to coaches, networking, building a resume. Uh, I'll see you guys over there. So sorry, guys. Let me log out of this one. And I'll, I'll leave the live replay up over there as well, too. So.
Let me end the live over on this one. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength, well, how would you like to work with me one-on-one directly? Now you can with Be Pro Mentality. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash bpro, that's perfectsoccerskills.com slash b-e-p-r-o to apply to work with our network of pro players today. I'm going to save and let me share that over there. Okay, yep. Sorry about that. So, to that point, and like I said, it's a long story, but I'm trying to give you the condensed version of it. That would be the transition from high school to college. So because once I got to college, I got to look back, right, hindsight. I got to look back and see what I was doing wrong, what I did wrong along my high school process for why I had to rely on luck to get to Davis. And when I got to look back on that, I realized all the mistakes I made. And it was a blessing for me because what I was able to do then was create the plan moving forward to avoid the mistakes of the past. And this is the one thing I speak to a lot on. Making a mistake is okay. You actually want to make a lot of mistakes. You just don't want the mistake that you make to be one that you can't overcome again in the future, right? So you don't want to make a mistake that you realize the mistake was time. So if you needed time, and that's the mistake you make, if you make a mistake of time, well, guess what? You can't create any more of it. So I feel for me, that's the thing I focus on wanting to not get wrong. I don't want to look back at 30 or 40 and 50 years old and say, man, I wish I had started working harder at 20. Man, I wish I started focusing on, you know, budgeting my money and focusing on my financial future at 20 when I'm 30, right? Or when I'm 40. Because then at that point in time, you you miss out on the compounding um, effects of that. And my my greatest focus with you guys is getting you to understand you're playing a game of time. Money is the short term. Time is the long term. And if you if you understand everything you're doing is a is a tra- is a trade of your time. You're trading your time for something. You're either trading your time for money. You're trading your time for an item. You're trading your time for soccer. Like if someone says, "Oh no, well I traded you money for your soccer ball, Quincy," and I'll say, "Like yeah, but what did you have to do to get the money?" You say, "Did you have to work?" Yeah, I worked for my dad. Okay, well you worked for your dad. What did you give your dad? Oh, you gave him your time. And in exchange for your time, what did he give you? He gave you money. And then with that money, what did you do? You came and bought the soccer ball from me. Okay, great. So this was an exchange of your time. How many hours did you have to work to get this ball? How many hours did you have to work to get whatever it is that you got? And most kids, or more, most kids, and this is the problem of youth, right? A problem that you may or may be unaware that you have is you think that your time is limitless and your time isn't valuable because if it if you thought it was valuable you wouldn't you wouldn't treat it as if it was limitless because you would know it's not it is not you can't create any more time you can make more money you can make more you can make mistakes you can make more money you can make a change you can make improvements you can you can uh excel you can make a whole lot of things but you can't make more time okay we all have the same amount of time The difference between us is how we utilize our time and how much productivity we get out of our time, right? Productivity is different than time. And let me even speak to that because that's transition and I'll tie that back to the other stuff that I was talking about. Um, 
if it takes you 10 hours to, let's say it takes you 10 hours to make this one soccer ball, right? But it takes me one hour to make this one soccer ball, right? I'm 10 times more productive than you are when it comes to creating these soccer balls, okay? Now, the next step is saying, how much value can you extract from your productivity? If I can make a soccer ball in one hour, and it takes you 10 hours to make one soccer ball, but you can sell your soccer ball for $100, right? That's $10 per hour spent. But if I can only spend, if I can only sell my soccer ball for $5, right? Who's more productive on the money side? You or me? You. But who's more productive on the time side? Me. So what skills should I probably learn how to do to overcome my lack of productivity on the money side? Well, I can learn how to not sell the ball directly myself and teach someone else how to sell it for me. I could figure out how to double the quality of my ball or sell it for twice the price. Right? Those are the things I can focus on. Whereas you, who can get $100 for your ball but 10 hours of, 10 hours of your time, may look for ways of how can I get the same level of quality in half the time, right? Because I want to save that five hours for myself. So that's what I'm telling you. Everything should be exchanges of time because that's the game you're playing. And what is considered successful to one person isn't successful to another person. And let me go deeper with that. You may enjoy the process of making this ball, right? For 10 hours. So not only did you love the process, 10 hours, you got lost in it. It was amazing. It was a great time. And you made $100. Whereas I might hate every moment and second of spending my hour making this soccer ball. But I'll get $5 for it. Right? I have nine extra hours now remaining to me to do whatever it is I want. And if $5 is enough for me, then I may be okay with doing the part for an hour that I completely hate doing. So we can both be successful in that scenario. But the third person, the third person outside of this thinks we're both idiots because we're spending our time making soccer balls because they don't like soccer balls or they don't see the value in it, right? So that's why I really tell you guys what other people think of you and how you're playing the game and how what you value your time for and exchange for, <laughs> block them out. Who cares, right? Because if someone's hating on you, it's because they're projecting what they're not capable of doing themselves onto you. They can't do it, so they think you can't do it. And what value is their opinion of you if it's not one that's helping you improve as a person, right? If it's, and like I, I continue to say, not all criticism is unfounded, okay? Sometimes you are an idiot, and what you're working on is stupid, and you need to figure out a better way to do that, right? But like I told you earlier in this live, figuring out who's lying and BSing you because figuring out who's lying to you and BSing you is the most valuable skill that you can, you can acquire because it'll save you a lot of time, right? And saving time means saving you everything else, saving you money, saving you mistakes, saving you from um, uh, just situations that most older people only learn by wasting time and Tying that all back in to what I was speaking to you, the transition from high school to college was understanding where I'd wasted my time or didn't allocate my time appropriately. And what I did in college was 
create my plan for how I would execute and avoid mistakes in the future. Now, I've also spoken to you and talked a lot about that. My plan was never to play pro soccer. I just loved playing soccer, and that was it. And the reason why soccer, uh, playing pro soccer became an option for me was because I was doing the, thing, the, the things that actually matter in your soccer development that give you the opportunity to go pro, as opposed to focusing on all the things that most young players think is important, right? Like doing fancy tricks and you're, uh, they're caring more about what their meal nutrition plan is than on just giving 100% of their effort every day, right? Like focusing on things that don't matter because you think they matter or you want them to matter because those are the things you like about it. And let me give a specificity to that. I hate running. I've never enjoyed it. I never enjoy it. Even warming up sucks. I hate it. I do not like it. I'm not having a good time. I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about, well, I'm thinking about a lot of things, but for the most part, I'm just thinking about how much I can't wait until I'm done running. But here's the thing. Running is required for soccer. It's necessary. It's that thing. It's like what I talked about here, that, that hour, I hate every hour of making this soccer ball, but by getting through this hour, I can enjoy the next nine hours. That's what running is for me. And I know it is necessary and required to be a good player, a soccer player, to be able to run, right? You have to do that. No matter how much I hate it and how much I don't want to do it, if I avoid running, I only hurt myself in my on the field and eventually off the field, right? So self-discipline, self-honesty, self-initiative, self-discipline. Honest with myself, I hate running. I would never do it if I didn't have to, right? And if someone figures out a way to, to stay fit without running, I will give you millions of dollars because I don't want to do it. But I'm honest with myself, I have to do it. And I'm not good at it. I don't like it, I'm not good at it. And probably that's probably why I don't like it because I'm not good at it, right? But what do I need to do? I got to take initiative. If I don't run, so the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I throw my clothes on, I, I go straight outside and I just start running. Because I have to do that. If I don't do it, I won't run the rest of the day. And if I don't run over time, it catches up to me, right? So I take initiative and then how do I hold myself accountable? I don't allow myself to do anything else in the morning or I can't move forward with anything else until I finished my run. And that's it. I can't eat. I can't do, and you know, different people on different channels and stuff, they'll try to, or just everywhere, just people just try to tell you, oh, you got to eat at this particular time and you got to digest it this way. There's obviously things that you can do to get better and to tweak things over time, but focusing on your meal plan and what you need to do and how you need to do it does you no good if you can't play the game. And you can't play the game well. It does you no good if you're not mentally strong enough to handle the difficult times that you're going to run into over time. So hopefully this is a wake-up call to you if you're watching this. Don't focus on dumb shit. Or don't focus on, don't focus on the things that don't matter. Figure out what matters first and just do that. Do the thing that you know you have to do. Like run. You have to run. You have to be mentally fit and strong. You have to give 100% of your effort every time you're on the field. Because guess what? You may not get to play tomorrow. Today may be the last and only day you ever get to kick a soccer ball again. And tomorrow, if you wake up and you lost your leg, are you going to regret that you didn't enjoy the shit out of yesterday? Or are you going to be okay and at peace with the fact that, okay, I don't have my leg, but guess what? I gave everything on the field yesterday and I will never, I'll never feel bad. I'll maybe miss the fact I can't play anymore, but I'll never regret 
what I left on the field every day. And I think a lot of players have a lot of regrets when they leave the field every uh, game. And that's how you avoid it. So that even ties back into the transition from high school. That's high school to college, college to pro. And because that was the mentality and mindset I took um, in my college career, well, just my career all the way up and through college, that's what led to opportunities at pro. And the reason why I had opportunities at pro and I knew what to do at that point in time and I knew how to navigate was because I learned from and I paid attention to the mistakes I had made from the from the transition from high school to college. Because like I tell you guys, the, the blueprint, I call it a blueprint because all it is is just a process. And that's what everything is. You, you, you get to a point in life and you, you can go left, right, straight, or backwards, right? So the process is moving forward and then you make decisions along the way and it's a decision tree. So as you make certain decisions over time, you'll start to see patterns in the decisions that you make. And when you, when you get to a certain point, you can look back and see if you like the results of the, of the decisions you made in the past. And if you don't like the results of the decisions you made, create a new plan moving forward, how you'll avoid making those same patterns of mistakes that you made in the past. And another level of taking that deeper is, hey, there are other people who have accomplished what it is that you want to accomplish. So you can learn from the mistakes that they've made. The most valuable thing that you can learn from someone else is mistakes that they made, things that they regret or things that they wasted time on and things they would have done differently or will do differently again in the future. So uh, let me give a specific example to that. And I'll, and I'll try to transition this quick, uh, wind, wind all this down uh, to, like I said, I try to uh, give you guys as much information and pack it into the hour as possible. But Instagram shuts me down at the hour mark. So I probably only got like eight or nine minutes left. But That is a hack that I found a lot from speaking to my elders and asking them what they wish they would have done differently or at what point in time would they had started doing something that they have to do today earlier. Many people at any age that I've spoken to tend to say they wish they took their health more seriously at a younger age, right? Because health is huge. Uh, the next one would be learn finances and how to manage their money sooner, right? And then understood that time isn't permanent and that they wouldn't have procrastinated as, as much as they did, right? If you haven't mastered those things, if you haven't gotten those under control, then that's where you can start and get moving forward and, and kind of build from there. But those are things to help expedite that process. That was a good question and you got me going super deep on it. Uh, Jordan 16 in El Salvador. Shout out El Salvador. What's up? Um, improving speed. Uh, he asked, asked uh, how do you improve his speed? Um, improving speed is okay, but I think more important is improving endurance. Uh, the, the game of soccer is over 90 minutes. And if you aren't naturally a lot faster than people, or you're not like naturally a quick person, you can do things to get quicker and get better, but you're going to get more of a return on your game from being fitter than people over time. Like a, a player who's big on that, Shea Salinas. Uh, I played with him in San Jose back when I was in my rookie season, and I played with him just these past two years when I was with, in San Jose again. A part of his game is his fitness. He's one of the fittest guys I've ever played with, and it doesn't matter if you're better than him 
right? As a play, this is my perspective outside looking in, right? I'm going, when you're that much fitter than everybody, it doesn't matter if the player you're up against is better than you because the game's 90 minutes. Maybe he gets the better of him for the first 10 or 15 minutes, but minute 45, minute 60, minute 70, minute 90, the other dude can't can't hang with him running. And it's it's funny because when I look at Shea, Shea's was fitness, mine is just relent, relentless in basically just punching you in the mouth. I'm just going to keep, okay, you're better than me. Okay, For how long? How much longer can you be better than me for? Maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes if you're very lucky, but never for 90. Never for 90. You won't, you won't beat me. I will outwork you. I won't give up on a play. I won't give up on a ball. You'll think you can take it easy. I hit you. You think you can take this playoff? You can't. You cannot take the playoff. You can't take a playoff. And because I know that that's how I've trained myself to be ready, I'm not taking a playoff. So all you have to do is make one mistake and I will beat you. And that might be the moment that is most important and where we create an opportunity and score. So MSL, Mental Strength League, guys, that's what you're playing on and off the field. Uh, 18 from the home of the best MLS team, Houston Dynamo, K9 Hampton. Uh, shout out. Shout out Houston. I know you guys got Chris Duvall. Good player. Good, solid player. And you guys are lucky to have gotten him. Um, down at the Disney Showcase. That's what's up. Let's see what we got here. Um, uh, official memes. Official underscore MLS memes. If you guys aren't following that account, you got to join that account. Um, or not join that account. You got to go follow that account. So let's see. I probably got like a couple minutes left here, guys. I will try to answer as many as I can. That's what I, uh, the one, the one known as Anthony, that was what I needed to deal with when I went from high school soccer to college soccer. Coach wanted me to be more consistent in all around performance. Uh, I wouldn't call myself the best. As in, I'm not arrogant, but I felt like I could stand out on the pitch with my work ethic. There you go. You can always stand out with work ethic, and that's very important uh, part of your game to have in place. And two, a lot of a lot of the kids, if you don't have solid work ethic, and then you're asking me how to improve on your tactics or skills or whatever, improve on all that. Fix fix that first. Fix your work ethic, which is just a piece of your mentality first before you work on anything else. Because I like to build bottom up. Most guys are going top down, and that will go very deep. I'll save that for next for next week in terms of how how to invest in yourself. Uh, most people are going most people are going speculative investments, business, personal development, right? And by that, and I'll keep this one short, and I'll go deeper on this next week. So if you, you join in next week, make sure you ask me this question again so I can go deeper on this. But basically, what you're saying is speculative is gambling. That's the get quick, get rich quick. All the stuff that I was telling you guys about in terms of everyone just wants to know what's the pill, what's the drill, what's the thing that I can do to just overcome this right now. I'm telling you right now, there isn't one. You can't do it. But most young people don't believe that or they want to try to trick the system or game the system. And what they end up doing is wasting time because guess what? That is not true. So any time wasted on trying to gamble and speculation and this special whatever, 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 get rich quick, whatever that is, on or off the field, it won't work. It's not true. Don't waste time. 
Because if you have to waste time to learn that lesson, to learn that that's not true, then you're literally giving time away for free. Okay? I'm telling you, and you're still not going to listen to me, which is fine, but I'm telling you. Most people are going backwards. Uh, speculation, which I'm saying is gambling, whatever that is. Gambling on their careers, their life, whatever, and hoping to win the lottery. That is the worst strategy ever. It works for some people, but one in a million. Right? Then once they start seeing that that doesn't work, now they try to do what? Invest. Because they hear investing is what you're supposed to do. Investing in the stock market, investing in businesses, investing in whatever. Insert whatever. But guess what? Investments take time to yield results. If you're investing in something now, you won't see the results for at least three years, maybe five, and most likely ten. Well, okay, if you're, if you're not mentally ready for investing yet, and you're expecting results tomorrow, and you're starting to make investments, you'll never dedicate enough time to see the results of your investments three, five, or 10 years from now. You're not gonna do it, because that requires patience and long-term thinking. So then you'll give up there. That means you'll waste a whole year trying to do tricks and skills and all this stuff, and you'll see it's not getting you better, and it doesn't work. Then the next one, you'll try to uh, start investing in the things that actually matter a little bit, but because that doesn't get you the results within two weeks or three weeks. You'll give up on that. So you'll waste a whole year on there. Then you'll go into what I'm saying is um, business or, or um, something outside of you, right? You'll move on to that if you don't give up. Most people at, at speculation, they give up. If they make it from speculation to investment, then they definitely give up after investment. If you're someone who goes there, there, and then goes to the third one, um, then you'll start investing in a business or businesses or starting your own business. So you'll start to do whatever it is that you feel you need to do. But then through that, it'll take you a year before you realize and understand that your business will not work. And those things that you're working on won't work until you work on you first, personal development, right? If you can make it all the way there, then you realize you should have started with yourself first, personal development first, your mindset first, your foundation how do you navigate? How can you handle adversity or whatever that is in your way? If you get that first, then you build up. So personal development, then you can work and build your business because you'll, you'll realize the business only works. Your, your business works directly proportional to your ability to improve yourself as a human being in person. Then as you learn from your business and that starts to grow and work, you understand how investments work and the time scale. You have the right perspective for investments, which means your investments are more likely to work out than other people's. Then over time, your investments will yield you results and then you can use that extra money to speculate, to gamble, to take chances and to take risks. Because if you get it wrong, that mistake is one you can afford to make. Most people fail because they can't afford to make a mistake. Think about that. You cannot afford it. It's not that you can't make one. It's that you can't afford to do it. That means you don't have enough money to make up for your mistake. Or you don't have enough time to make up for your mistake. So you can't afford it. So if you don't know if you can afford something, why are you spending your time or money on it? Figure out if you can afford it first. That's why I always talk about understanding your financial, where you are financially, financial literacy, and where you are individually, personal development as a person. The three S's is self-awareness, self-honesty, self-initiative, self-accountability. You focus on those three things, and then you're, you're understanding financial literacy. You become dangerous. You become very dangerous because you are knowledgeable. You know what you're doing. You know how to figure out if you know what you're doing. And that transitions over to what I tell you guys here information, knowledge, experience, wisdom. 
Everything starts as information. What I'm telling you right now is information if you don't have any experience with it. And it's not until you apply or it's not until you ingest that information. I'm telling you something you don't know, right? It's sitting in front of your face. Now I tell you, hey, this is how it works or this is how you need to think about it. Well, that becomes knowledge to you. Knowledge is not power unless applied properly, right? So if someone's telling you knowledge is power, it's only true on a very sub-level. It's only power if applied properly over time, right? Information, knowledge, applied knowledge becomes experience. Experience is what you need to be able to look back in hindsight and understand what did and didn't work and how to multiply or improve those results later. And from there, once you know what you're doing and you know how to repeat it, and more importantly, you know how to teach someone else how to do the same thing, now it becomes wisdom at least from my perspective, how I look at it, right? So that is information. And the other is uh, progress of yourself as an individual. So I've said it and I'll say it multiple times. You can always get better at something, even if everyone else is wrong about 99%. What's the 1% that they're correct about? Focus on that. Get better at that. And bottom up, not top down. Don't do your best not to start at gambling and make your way backwards. Just start at the beginning of personal development. What can I be better at? How can I be better? And how can I keep committed to being better over time? And how can what I'm doing now be true now and true 10 years from now? If you start thinking that way, what you focus on gets much more narrowed. What you learn gets much more narrowed. And everything that is noise gets easier and easier to block because you know how to spot distractions in the beginning, right? If you know where you are and you know where you want to be and you know how to get there or you know how you're going to learn how to get there, other people selling you stuff that's not true does not get through. MSL, Mental Strength League, it all comes down to your mental. Uh, let's see. Jazzy, Jazzy underscore boy, what up? Welcome, official... Fernando, what's going on? I think I've got just a couple, I've got a minute or two. I got like two minutes left with you guys. So I appreciate everyone who's joined the call so far. Like I said, head over to, yeah, there you go, two minutes left. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash book. Get a free copy of our book. And uh, for those of you who don't know, if you, you go through the book, you read the book, you take notes while you're reading the book and you write down any questions you have that we do not answer in the book, compile those and drop them in our Facebook group. So there's a private Facebook group and community that I've created for all of this where we can get your questions answered. If you do that, you take screenshots of it and you drop them in, <clears throat> drop them in there. One of us on the team will go through your questions. We'll get them all specifically written out to you. But we require that you do a little work before we do work for you. Like I said, time is our most valuable asset, even if you don't believe it's your most valuable asset. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more 
by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and see you guys in the next episode. 